think. Yeah, Happy New Year. Maybe. How are you guys doing today? Good? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, where's that voice coming from? <laughs> um, yeah, guys, Happy New Year. Um, before I make the joke of like, wow, I haven't seen you guys in a year, um, we're going to give you guys announcements, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have just a few. Um, we can go ahead and start, start right. us off right so away. Our first announcement, um, our church office reopens tomorrow, uh, the 3rd. Um, so we'll be here full time. If y'all need anything, um, or if we need to reach out to you, um, we're open. Yeah. So. Simple stuff. And also the food pantry, if you guys were wondering, uh, it reopens this Tuesday, and it's going to be open Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., if you guys were curious about yeah. that. And the awesome thing about our food pantry is um, it's not just something that is kind of behind the scenes. Like, Pastor, last service, he said that with the help of this food pantry, like, we were able to give over 2 million pounds of food. Yeah. So, like, this food pantry, like, if y'all see anybody, like, if you guys see someone, you know, in the median or anything, like, just invite them invite them here because we're here to welcome them. We're yeah. here to feed them. We're here to minister to them. You know, I think it was, like, 1-point-something pounds, but, like, it doesn't doesn't mean it's not. It was, I mean, it's it still a million. Lot. Like Yeah, over a million. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's, that's still that's, a lot. That's Thank awesome. God, honestly. For real. So, um, next thing. Um, we're actually going to be having baptisms today, and I'm excited for that. Yes, sir. Um, and of course, it's going to be following immediately after, right after second service. And honestly, guys, um, we want to celebrate together as a family because, um, there's a lot of people that come in here, their family comes with them as they're getting baptized over there, right there. But we often forget that, man, I even have to remind myself, like, wow, like, I, can be a part of this. I'm allowed to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. They, they might not be like my bloodline, but I'm I'm connected to them through the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, they all of a sudden are my family. So if you guys want, that's just the most impactful thing about baptism that our believers, our fellow believers are there to fellowship and celebrate with us, just like at a wedding day. You know, it's just like getting married. We're, the church is getting married to Christ. Yes. It's the same. We're, we're just showing this off to yes. the world, right? And baptism, it's such a beautiful thing because if you if you really look at it, if you examine it, you'll see God could have picked anything to be to to be the uh, representation of baptism. He could have been like, "Go eat oatmeal, yeah. you're good," you know. Dunk but yourself in Kool Aid, yeah. You know, yeah. But He chose water specifically, and it's beautiful because if you read in Genesis, starting in verse one and uh, two, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." And the earth was a formless and desolate emptiness, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surfaces of the waters. The waters in Genesis, they represented chaos. They represented death. But God, when he created the earth, he made it so that waters brought life through these streams, through these creeks. We need water to survive. God brought beauty through this chaos. And if you look further in Genesis 7, when he flooded the earth because he, all he saw was sin, he brought life through Noah and his family. He saved them through this chaos. And then if we go into the next book, the book of Exodus, when he led his people through the Red Sea, he literally parted the waters that would have killed them otherwise. And he said, I'm going to bring you through into this life that I've created you for. So when we look at baptism, it's not just we're going underwater and we're coming back up. There's so much depth and there's so much beauty in it. So I encourage you, if you need to rededicate your life today and you hear, the, you hear God, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, you can do it. 
If you haven't even given your life to Christ yet and you decide today, I want to do it, you don't have to wait to be baptized. You can do it today. And you don't have to wait to schedule your baptism neither. God nope. doesn't run on any calendar except nope. his. Yep. So if he's tugging at your heart, go ahead and take the, accept the invitation because um, you might have come in here and maybe you're hearing these words coming out from my mouth right now. Uh, and you're probably like, well, yeah, right, kid. And then you hear the message and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it touches you. You know, and you want to do something about it because God's telling you, no, I want to love you. I want to invite you to this new alternative mm -hmm. lifestyle. And you want to do something about it. Today's the day. Yes. Today's the day. There could be no yes. other day. I mean, it's the second, guys. New Year's was yesterday. And literally, if you're feeling the call of God, don't reject it just because you haven't scheduled it. Mm -hmm. it God doesn't run that way. He runs by heart. Mm -hmm. He runs by tugging Amen. at your heart. Amen. And the response to that. Yes. So if you, again, if you hear God saying be baptized. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, we are going to have baptism today immediately following second service. Amen. We are having a class right after worship at 1130. It's going to be with Pastor Michael, and he's just going to be informing you about the meaning and the depth of baptism and what it means for you. Yeah, and you guys can uh, actually find him right over there at the youth desk, um, along with some other pastors to just kind of tell him, hey, I want to get baptized. Mm -hmm. I felt the took of God in my life. You know, um, Sometimes it is a rededication. Sometimes it's a whole new dedication, you know, and um, it's something to definitely take advantage of. Yep. So, so um, immediately after worship at 1130, we'll be having our class. Yeah. And of course, because of all that, because of not only what like we get to go to a church and a place where we can do all these things and have all these pounds of certain food to give out and blah, blah, blah. There's so much stuff that is done. Through, through this church that it was only possible because of the tithes and offerings. Mm -hmm. It was only possible because of the, because of the generosity of y'all's hearts. Mm -hmm. Truly, truly. And we say that because it's, it sounds so cliche every single week, but it's like so true. Like it, the depth of it, like we would not be here to hear a word of God without your guys' faithfulness mm -hmm. and response to God's calling. Hey, be generous, just like I was so um, we're actually, uh, there's different ways to give. You can give online. Mm -hmm. uh, you can give uh, through those tithing boxes physically right there by the doors and um, through the app as well if you guys yes. haven't downloaded our and church we, app. We have the information up here as That's well right if you need uh, it. I but. completely forgot, but yeah. <laughs> and you can also text. But um, yeah, guys, we're going to go ahead and get ready for worship this morning as people still come in. Um, I'm just letting you guys know right now. Um, it was a great worship service. I was in first service, obviously. Yes. Um, you guys are going to have an amazing time of worship. Mm -hmm. I just invite you guys to lean into that, truly. Yes. Yes. And um, don't take my word for it. You know, uh, Read the words for yourself. And just allow God to just seep into those holes that you obviously have in your life. Because mm -hmm. you know, we all have imperfections. We all have holes. But um, we're going to go ahead and pray us in. And then after that, you guys can go ahead and stand up and uh, just greet each other right after that. So um, want to go ahead and do the honors? So let's all together. We're just going to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Father God, Lord, thank you for bringing us through 2021. Lord, thank you for allowing us to see your goodness shining through the dark and in the light. God, that you brought us through the valleys, the mountains, and any and everywhere in between, God. 
Thank you, Lord, for delivering us through this past year. Lord, we thank you for leading us into this beautiful new year. God, I pray that you bring blessing over it, Lord, that you continue to uh, help keep our eyes open and focused on you, geared towards you, Lord. Father, I pray that in now, Lord, in this moment, God, as I speak, Lord, that it's not my words but yours, Father, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, opens the hearts of everybody in this room, Lord, that we can hear your word, that we can receive it, Lord, that we can believe it, God, that we can listen to you and that we can respond to you, Lord, and say, here I am, Lord, take me, use me, send me, Lord, whatever you need, I'm yours. Father, I pray that, God, as we listen to this worship, Lord, that it's not just words that we repeat through muscle memory, but, Father, rather truth that we believe in, God, that we stand on, that we put our faith in, Lord, that we can just come here and worship you wholeheartedly, Lord, and just be here in your love, in your presence, God. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. God, even if we can't see it yet, you already have victory over our battles. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand, and then we'll greet our neighbors as we begin to worship.
was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Lord. 
Let's sing that first person. I search the world. And I've searched the world. But it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures the fame. Never enough until he came along. This one right here. tonight there are some of you there are some of you who have holes in your hearts and your lives that that need to be filled still and Christmas just finished and the new year is already here but that doesn't mean we continue to work we, we don't stop that doesn't mean we don't stop worshiping and that we don't continue we stop giving thanks that all keeps going tonight or today if you have, if we're having baptisms today, and if God is tugging at your heart to make that next step in your life, I encourage you to do that today. Because God is going to make your life make sense. He's going to make your year in 2022 have meaning, have goals, and have growth. Let's continue to worship.
Jesus reigns forevermore. He is King of glory. He is the King of our salvation. He is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you do and all you've done. Father, we surrender our heart to you. We surrender our mind and our just our complete body and soul to you. That, Father God, everything belongs to you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your forgiveness. Fill us, Father God, with renewal. Refresh our spirit today. Father, we're praying for those that are broken. Those that have lost loved ones. Father, there's been families that this past two weeks have laid to rest their loved ones. Father, I pray your spirit rise up within them. Help them through this very difficult time. Father, there's some that just this morning or yesterday morning, God, they woke up to their son hanging from the ceiling. Their family's broken, God. I pray the spirit of suicide end once and for all. That, Lord, we speak life instead of death. Hope instead of despair. Comfort that grieving family, Lord. Help them. Minister to them. There's people fighting COVID, people fighting other diseases, people fighting, Father God, for their life. Some are fighting for their marriage. 
They're praying to God that they're going to make it. They're holding on to each other. Father God, some are fighting for their children to come back to you, to leave the love of the world and come back to Jesus from their destructive decisions, their destructive behaviors. Father God, we're believing, Lord God, for such a move of your spirit. There's some that are starting off life. Lord, this is their first new year as a husband and wife. This is their first new year with a new child or they're expecting and they just found out they're going to have a baby. God, there's some, Father God, that are just so excited about what the year holds and others are petrified. They don't know what's going to happen because they had a horrible 2021. I pray that 2022 be the turnaround year. Lord, that new beginnings happen in our life. Father, we thank you for all you've done. We pray, Father God, for all those in the White House, all those in the Roundhouse, all those in our city and county officers and officials. Father, be with our first responders. And Father God, be with families all over this county. We thank you for all you've done, all you're doing, and all you're about to do. And we pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, And God's people say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sing it out. Endless hallelujahs to the Lord. Let's sing that first uh, chorus again. Behold. Behold the land. The story of redemption written on his hands. Jesus, you reign forever. And Lord, thank you for sharing the victory with us. Amen. Praise your name. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a word for you today. God has a word for you today. Then you may be seated. Okay, that's all you were supposed to say. God has a word for you. Oh, I like your nails. Where'd you get them done? I like your outfit. Oh, my gosh. God has a word, amen? His name is Jesus and wants to transform lives. Guys, again, thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, you see up on the screen, you could text to give, you could give online, you could use our app, you could drop off in the tithing box. Your giving has done amazing things. Look, just last week, we ended the year we got a report that we gave out 1.2 million pounds of food last year. And that's just here. That's not counting God's warehouse. They gave out close to a million pounds of food over there. I'm telling you, God is doing some amazing things. Last month, we gave out gifts to those children that their parents are incarcerated, mom or dad or mom and dad. 
We gave out over 400 gifts here in Albuquerque. We gave 100 gifts out, or three, over 300 here in Albuquerque and 100 in Clovis, New Mexico through Angel Tree. God's Warehouse gave out to over 400 children got a Christmas at God's Warehouse. Over 500 brand new pairs of shoes were distributed. I mean, amazing things that have happened because of our faithful giving. My giving, your giving, us partnering together. So thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Guys, if you're getting baptized, if you've never been baptized, I really encourage you to get baptized since you become a believer. I know I was baptized as a baby, but the Bible says to those that believe and are baptized. I didn't even remember. I, I didn't. They told me I got baptized. So I want to let you know that if you're going to get baptized, we have a class that you need to be a part of. So right over here where Jeanette's at, just go with her right now. Go to the class. Then you're going to be getting ready because immediately after service, we're all going out there and see people give their life uh, in, in following obedience of baptism. Amen? So if you're going to do that, go ahead and go out there now. And, uh, and then um, we'll have baptism service immediately after. We are so, so excited for you guys, man. This is an amazing time. And as Chris said at the beginning of the service, look, some people have never been baptized as a believer. Some have been baptized as a believer, and then they backslid and they just kind of went off left gutter, and they're going to get rebaptized. And the reason they're getting rebaptized is as a recommitment to the Lord. It's kind of like people that renew their wedding vows, that doesn't mean they're getting married again. That means they're recommitting themselves, saying, hey, I know we've been kind of stupid, but now we're not going to be stupid. We're going to walk with the Lord. And if we get a little stupid, okay, back on track. Amen? All right, so thank you, guys. Hey, well, let's get into the Word. I'm kicking off a new sermon series, and I'm calling it Empowered by Vision. You see, we have to have vision in our life to really be able to know where we're going to know how we're going to get there and where we want to get to. Without vision, your life just is a disaster. God wants us to obey him. And so many times we start leaning to the left or leaning to the right, and we don't go right down the middle. And God is saying, I want you to obey me. Look what it says right there in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Any wild people in the house, don't raise your hand. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. In other words, without a vision, people perish. Your life falls apart. You start getting real distorted in your thinking. And a distorted thinking really messes you up. A distorted vision messes you up. Not too long ago, I had to get my eyes dilated. But they didn't tell me they were going to dilate my eyes. And then after they dilated them, they didn't give me those sunglasses they give you. So I walked out and I was like, orale, man, I am blind. And I'm there getting in my truck and I go, man, I got to drive? And I had a bunch of errands to do, but I said, nah, I got to get back to church, man. And I'm there driving down the, and, and I felt like I wish I had a cane. I would have held it out, hit, hit the curb, you know. <laughs> Let me get there without hitting somebody. I was like, wow. It was a very distorted vision. 
My eyes were dilated and I couldn't see clearly. That's how a lot of us are going through life. Our life vision is dilated and you can't see clearly. You have a distorted vision. And let me tell you what a distorted vision does. First of all, it leads you to indecision. You're, you're confused. Do I do this? Do I do that? I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know. And you're, you're, you're always wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I wonder what they're going to do. Maybe I should look at them because whatever they do, I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do? And when you think like that, it gets very destructive. And what's the old saying? Your parents, probably every parent has said this at one time or another to their kid. So you mean to tell me if your friends jump off a cliff, you're going to jump off too? I won't ever do it again. Because <laughs> you did it once and you found out, oh my goodness gracious, that was disastrous. See, our indecision creates a double-mindedness. God addresses that in James chapter 1, verse 8. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Haven't you ever been there where you're just like a mess? And, and, and it's because your vision is, is distorted and you, you have indecision in your life. Another thing that distorted vision creates is division. Division. And what's the old saying? United we stand, divided we fall. Not only do we fall, united, divided we're stuck. We can't go anyplace. We don't have vision. I mean, vision, and, and because we don't have vision, we have division. Some are going here, some are going there. We don't know, I don't know. Man, we need to start living out our life with purpose and specific goals instead of just living out there and you say, you see what happened? the backup mic on. There we go. Yeah, baby. But see, we we get all confused and we get all messed up. And before you know it, we're we're divided and we don't know what we're doing and 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 we get so crazy in how we start functioning that we're divided with ourselves and then we get divided with our family, we get divided with our workplace, our school, our church whatever organization you're at, because without a vision, people get first very undecisive in what they're doing, and then they get divided. And not only do they get divided, I mean, look what it says right there in the book of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 2. Where there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Isn't that the truth? Man, our country, for the past decade, has been a disaster. Two decades. You know, it's not about a president. Man, president after president after president, they're all just like, they need Jesus. They need direction. They need guidance. Because our country needs someone to rise up and lead. Just like our churches, our organizations, the groups that you're a part of, if you don't have leadership, you're, you're lost, you're divided. And not only do we have indecision and division, but we also have destruction. 
destruction. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When you choose not to obey, we start spiraling downward. And before you know it, you crash and burn. You're a complete mess. It's like, how did you get there? What happened? How did you not see this coming? It's because you're so caught up into yourself, you really did not see what was happening around you. And it's horrible. And before you know it, you're in a mess, and you're like, how did I get here? What happened? And it's because you lost your vision. You lost your goal. You lost your target. And before you know it, you're a mess. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Cling to your faith in Christ, and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience as a result, and their faith has been shipwrecked. In other words, it's that moment in your life where you choose not to listen to God. It's that moment where you have the devil on one shoulder, and you have the angel on the other. And he's going, don't do that. No, do that, do that, don't do that, do that. Do And you're all, what do I do, what do I do? And you finally go, oh, Satan, get behind me and push. No, don't push you. Get him behind you and keep him out of your life. But we're so divided and so confused that we end up leading, it leads us to horrible destruction and shipwreck. So how do we, what do we do? Because Jesus says a whole lot about vision. He talks about vision. Just look what he says about vision in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. He says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, it says, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, Your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. What he's saying there is he thinks, if you really think you're doing good, but you're not, but you actually think I'm doing pretty good, man, that's how messed up you are. Haven't you been all messed up and you go, I did my good deed for the day, and people are going, no, you didn't, dude. You're like all messed up. It's like you might have done something good right there, but you're still, you you got some wickedness in you. And you think you're okay. A hard question to do is someone that's real close to you, ask them, hey, do you think I'm okay? <laughs> you better be ready for the answer. Don't ask them right now. We don't want any fights to break out. But see, it's because we fool ourselves. We look in the mirror and we go, hey, you're all right, man. Then the Spirit of God goes, no, you're not. You're far from me. What's wrong with you? See, we get into this mode, and we get into destructive pattern, and it tears you apart. So God wants us to have a future, and he wants to see our future through eyes of faith. That's why I called a sermon through eyes of faith, because there's a lot of people that live their eyes, their life through eyes of faith, and then there's those that live their life through eyes of fear, and fear really messes people up. So I want to go to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, 
The people of God had been in slavery, and they're in Egypt, and they finally broke away from Egypt. Moses had led them out. Aaron is Moses' brother, and Moses stuttered a lot, so his brother would interpret, and he would speak, but Moses was the leader, and now they're out of slavery. They're in freedom, but they're still looking through eyes of fear, not faith. They might be free, but they don't think free. There's a lot of people in life that they're no longer sinners. They're walking in the light of Jesus, but they still have a very destructive thinking. They don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that anything's going to be good. And, and, and they really keep, they have that stinking thinking I talk about all the time. And before people can accomplish a goal together, the people must see the goal together. You've got to be able to share the dream, share the vision, share with it. That's why we say, you know, we're here at New Beginnings. We lift up we lift up our hand in worship. We lift up our life in worship. We lift up our praise to the King of kings, the King of glory. We lift up, and then we reach in. We reach up, then we reach in, and we reach in to take in the Lord. We reach in to grow. We reach in to become a body. We reach in to become united. We reach in to do something great, and then we reach out to the lost and dying world, to bring healing and and restoration through the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. So we're going to go down this journey, and I want you to see what's happening. I'm in Numbers 13, and I'm going to start at verse 17 through verse 20. Moses had called the people together, and, and this is what he says. Moses gathered the men, and he gave them this instruction. Now, he had asked the tribes, there was 12 tribes, and he says, I want you to get one man from every tribe. You pick the one you want because we're going to go scope out the land. And so this is what he says. Moses gave this instruction to the men as he sent them out to explore the land. He says, I want you to go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like. So I want you to see what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what the land is. Uh, see what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls, or are they just unprotected, like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? And are there many trees? Then he goes on to say, "Do you do your best to bring back?" Samples of the crops that you see. It happened to be the season of harvesting the first ripe grapes. So man, he sends them off and he goes, I want you, this is what I want you to do. We want to know because I know God has directed us here. I know God has brought us here, but I need the people know it's worth the trip. We are going to go someplace, and it's really going to be amazing. We're going to cross over this river, and it's going to be phenomenal. But just in case you all still have any doubts, I'm going to send one from every one of your own tribe, one of your own people. That way you'll believe them and not believe, well, that's what they say, but what do we say? So everyone had a voice, and he says, check out the land. Now we're at verse 21. We're Numbers 13, verse 21. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near Leboarim. And going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived in Hebron. 
where Aiman, I mean Aiman, and then she Shai, and and Tamali is. Man, they had tamales. Wow. Okay. All the descendants of Anak. They lived. And the ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eskel, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two men to carry it on a pole between them. And they also brought samples of pomegranates and figs. Now, I don't know if you've ever had someone that has gone to a different land either a different state or a different country, and they go, dude, what was it like? What was it like? Did you, what was the food like? And, and what, tell me what, what is it like? And what is it? And this and that. And they want to know about it. So he's going, man, the grapes? Dude, you don't even understand. They're not just a cluster. They were so big, just one, that it took two of us. And to this day, if you go to Israel, which I've gone several times, they, their logo there is two men carrying a huge cluster of grapes. Because to this day, they honor God with him taking them to the promised land. And so verse 25 and 26 says, after exploring the land for 40 days. So they just didn't go and go and, whoa, they saw the nice part of town. Can you imagine if someone came to Albuquerque and they only saw the worst part of town? They say, Albuquerque is horrible. Let's say if they came to Albuquerque and only saw the best part of town, they say, Albuquerque is phenomenal. But if you stay around and see the whole town, you go, man, Albuquerque is an amazing place. And it's got some rough places and some places that need some help. But overall, it's an amazing place to be. So they checked it out for 40 days. And it says, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, and they reported to the whole community, the whole, all the people, what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. So two of them are going, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Man, we got to go back. We got to take this land. Look what we brought. Look at the grapes, dude. Look at the pomegranates. Man, when you go to Israel, they have all these pomegranates. And they're, I'm not exaggerating. They're bigger than a softball. And they have these juicers almost every corner. And they just cut it in half, put it in the juicer, squeeze it. And man, you drink fresh pomegranate juice. Oh, it's so delicious. The fruit over there is just amazing. The ground is so fertile. Olives, I've never, I had never been much of a green olive eater. I like black olives. You know, most kids, we put them on our finger and you're eating them. I still do that and I'm an old man. But green olives, I had never seen green olives. It's so huge. They were the size of a ping pong ball. I was like, man, these things are delicious. And then I come back to the United States and they're like little BBs. Hey, goodbye. But man, it, 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 they, 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 and so two of them, man, were looking through eyes of faith, but 10 of them were looking through eyes of fear. So looking through eyes of faith, 
is very promising. Looking through eyes of fear creates some big problems. I'm going to talk about five problems it creates, and here we go. First, we overemphasize the negativity in our life. We overemphasize the negative in our life. When you have fear in your life, before you know it, negative things and bad things become even worse. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what happened? We don't have anything to eat. Oh, my God. We have so many tamales. What are you talking about? Well, I'm all tamaled out. Well, then, uh, can we get a pizza? Oh, my gosh. It's the end of the world. Calm down. Look what it says. We're in Hebrews, I mean, Numbers 13. Don't forget. Verse 27 and 28. This was a report to Moses. So they're talking to Moses. We entered the land. You sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land of milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. So then they go on to say, but the people, but the people, you got to circle that, but. Man, there's people sticking their butt right in the business again. But the people living here are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Man, when you start getting negative, you start distorting everything. And for every positive news, there's five negatives. Oh my gosh, they're super powerful. They got superhuman strength. I think they're even better and bigger than Iron Man and and, and all of them. Uh, It's crazy. Are you with me? You start thinking crazy. You start thinking distorted. Their cities are fortified and we even saw lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Giants. They'll get you. We overemphasize the negative. Another thing that happens when we have fear is that we pay too much attention to what others are doing. Because we're all afraid, so we go, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what they're going to do. And you all do what they do. And they get themselves in a mess, and you're like, oh, stupid, why'd you do that? I was following you. Didn't you know I was following you? No, I, 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 I messed up on my own, but I didn't think you were following me, and now you messed up, and you're going to throw it on me? Man, because we don't know what to do. And you get confused, and when you have fear, you start doing some really crazy things. Look at verse 29, Numbers 13, verse 29. The Amalekites lived in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, along with the Jordan Valley, and the Parasites will get you. Okay, there's no Parasites. But see, when you start thinking negative, it's like a parasite that gets in your body. And before you know it, you're all messed up. And you can't hold anything in and you can't hold anything down. And you get really negative. They're thinking so destructive and they're thinking and they're looking around at everybody and they're saying, ooh, you know what? We can't go to that land. I mean, it might be amazing, but there's no room for us. There's not enough room for all of us. I mean, let's get real. Let's get real here. You know what? There's a scarcity. 
and we get a scarcity mindset. We don't think there's enough for everybody. Do you know that Jesus is more than enough for the whole world? Do you know that his direction is more than enough for the whole world? But we start thinking, oh my, my goodness, the Amalekites are there, the Hittites are there, the Jebusites are there, the Amorites are there, the Canaanites are there. Oh my goodness, every place. Wait, there's no room for us. And you start thinking very, very crazy thinking. And it takes you down. And it takes you down a road that isn't healthy. And it gives you a scarcity mindset. That everything is lacking. There's not enough there. There's not enough there. There's not enough there. They don't have enough there. They don't. It's like, man, it'll destroy you. Fear not only does that, overemphasizes things and gets you in a very destructive, negative thinking, but number three, we underestimate the abilities God has given us. We start underestimating the gifts. Look, God has given giftedness to each one of us. He has gifted us because he has called us to do a different work. And to some, he said, he gave five talents, to some two, to some one. There's five talent people and quit comparing yourself because there's some people that do, they're a jack of all trade and a master of many. They're good at what they do. And you're like, wow, God, I want to be like that. All I got to do is this. That's okay because what God gave you to do is what he wants you to do. But instead, you want to do what everyone else is doing and everything else is happening. That's not God. God says, I've equipped you for such a time as this. I've given you what you need. I've given you what I want you to carry out. I've given you what it's going to make you stronger, what's going to make you wiser. But we fear. And because we fear, we bury our talents even before we start. We stop before we even start. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Or I sure can't do it as good as them. And it's like, don't you understand? God called you to do it. He's given you a giftedness. Start sharpening those skills and use it for his glory. Look at verse 31. Numbers 13. Verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. We can't do it. They're stronger than we are. You don't understand. We don't have the ability. We don't have the capability. God brought you out of slavery. God split open a sea. God has fed you with manna from heaven. God has given you a pillar of fire by night to keep you warm and a huge cloud by day to keep you sheltered from the sun. And God can't take down these guys? What's wrong with you? But you know what? We forget our abilities. We forget that God says, if God be for us, nobody could be against us. We forget that I could do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. We forget that God has anointed us and he has called us for such a time as this. We forget that we are God's masterpiece and he has created us in his image so that we might do the work that he prepared for us long ago. He wants us to do these things. But we start thinking destructive thoughts. And let me tell you something. When you start thinking destructive thoughts, a lot of times you will end up doing exactly what you thought you don't want to do, but you do it because that's all you're thinking about. Job chapter 3 verse 25 says it. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. 
It's, yeah, well, that's all you think about. That's all you think about all day long. All day long. And what's in your thought life and in your mind ends up coming to be because you are not holding on to God and you're not processing through God's eyes and through His Spirit. Instead, you're looking through your eyes and your eyes are destructive. So let me ask you something. How's your thinking limiting you? How is your thinking holding you back? How is your thinking keeping you from doing the things God wants you to do? What's happening in your life because of your stinking thinking that you have not been able to advance? Because you've underestimated the abilities that God has given you. And you quit before you even started. Look at verse 32 and 33. We're back in Numbers 13. Verse 32 and 33. So they spread this bad report among the land, among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people are we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. Not only are the people big, the people are big, but they even have giants. The descendants of Enoch next to them were like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. No, that's what you think. No, they, see, they even think we're like grasshoppers. If, you were old, if you're old like me, then you might remember a TV show called Kung Fu. And he would go, come here, grasshopper. And he taught that little grasshopper how to be a victorious king. He was a great warrior. But you go, no, no, no. They're going to eat us like chocolate-covered grasshoppers. They're going to get us. They're going to get us. We're too small. We're going to be eaten alive. We're scared. We've become negative, And negativity is contagious. Misery loves. Yeah. Some of you need to change your company. First Corinthians says, you know what? Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you, I always say, you hang around the goats too long, you start smelling like them. It's like, change your company. They're destroying you. They're taking you down a horrible path. And it brings me to the fourth thing I want to say, that we infect others with our negativity. We're contagious. We infect people. Haven't you ever gone to work and, look, today, just for the record, today's Sunday. A lot of us have to go back to work tomorrow, right? And we've had some time off. We had Christmas and then the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's just kind of a party time. And now it's like, ugh. And you get back and then that negative person. There's some people that walk in the room, they brighten it up. But there's those people that the minute they walk in, the whole room goes dark. They go, hey, man, happy New Year. What's so happy? I don't know what's so happy. They could have given us the day off and no, come to work on the third. It's, well, it's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday, but who's in a working mood? Are you in a working mood? I'm not in a working mood. We're not even going to get anything accomplished. Oh, look at the boss. He's playing solitaire on his computer. Acts like he's all busy. Are you with me? Haven't you had people like that that you work around? They're at your school, they're at your church, they're at your workplace, they're in your community, they're in your family. It's like, golly, you just want to slap them. 
Of course, in a Christian kind of way. I love you. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like, what's wrong with you? And they teach it. They spread it from generation to generation to generation. Like some, some families have, have corrupted their generational mindset. And they think really crazy stuff. And it's very destructive. Numbers 13 verse 32 says, So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. They spread it. Like, man, you know what's killing our country right now? Is conspiracy theories. Look, I believe there's a lot of crazy stuff going down. I really do. But I also believe there's some people that are crazy because they think some crazy stuff's going down. They're inventing stuff that, no, they're not doing that. They are doing this, and they're nuts, but they're not doing that. Where did you come up with that? Well, I just figure they got to be doing that. It's like, oh, my gosh. Look what the Bible says about conspiracy theories. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12. Don't call everything a conspiracy. Don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. So that's not saying there aren't conspiracies. That's not saying crazy stuff's going down. But some people have gotten paranoid. And they're not thinking clear. And their negativity is contagious to others and others and others. And now there's some people that have not left their house in two years. I don't think that's healthy. There's some people that never take a mask off. That's okay. There's others that don't wear a mask. That's okay. There's some people that got the shot. That's okay. There's some people that don't get the shot. That's okay. Don't get crazy if somebody doesn't, somebody doesn't. Do you know that there were some families that were weeping with me and saying, Pastor, I can't get together with my family because I haven't gotten vaccinated. I haven't got the shot. And they won't let me go visit mom or dad or my sister won't let me come over. Or my, and then some, man, they won't let me come because I got vaccinated. And they're not. And, and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, bring healing and oneness back to families. Because it's destroying mankind. The devil's having a blast tearing us apart. Because united we stand, divided we're stuck. We fall. We go down. Change your vision. Refocus on what is right. And that brings me to the last thing I want to say is that we make ourselves miserable. Negativity makes us miserable. Fear makes us miserable. Fear has a way of just messing up our thinking. Look, your numbers go to chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud. Okay, so now they're hearing the report. Look at the grapes. Look at the pomegranates. Look at the figs. It's amazing. But there's giants, and they're big people. They think we are like grasshoppers. We feel like grasshoppers, but they even think it too. And all the people began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. And their voices rose up in a great chorus of protest. And then they protested against Moses and Aaron. And then they said, if only we had died. We should have died in Egypt. 
or we should have died in the wilderness. Man, let me tell you, when you get into a pity party, you start getting some very destructive thinking. And before you know it, your sadness increases, your complaining increases, your complaining about your leader increases, and your thinking about going backwards grows more and more. I'd rather be dead. For goodness sakes, we haven't even crossed over. I'd rather die. Why did I die? I should have died. I should have died because now they're going to eat me like grasshoppers. I don't want to be eaten. I don't want to be eaten. See, we get crazy in our thinking, don't we? We get crazy. It's it's like very unhealthy. And what's the solution? You've got to develop a life of vision with faith. You have to have faith. You have to have vision of faith that our God is in control. Our God is sovereign. He hasn't let go control. He continues to reign supreme. He continues to watch over us. He continues to protect us. He continues to shield us. And he watches over us. And whether I live or die, I'm going to live for the Lord or I'm going to die for the Lord. But I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what I have to do. And you know what? For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So you know what? If we die, man, the prize is heaven. How much worse can it get? Man, I get heaven. And if I live, I get to live here on earth to lead others to Christ to make sure they get to heaven. Verse 30. Let's go back to Numbers 13, though. Verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as he stood before Moses. And he said, let's go at once. Let's go take the land. For we certainly can conquer it. But then the people started crying and and they cried all night. And then, so go to Numbers 14. Look at verse 6 through 9. Two of the men who explored the land, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephun tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if God is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. He's saying, guys, get it through your head. We're greater than they are. We might be little, but we are big. They might be strong, but we are stronger because our God is stronger. He'll take them down. We have faith. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Because of unbelief. How many people are not going to go to heaven because of your unbelief? You haven't surrendered to Jesus. You haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior. You have refused to take him. You go, oh man, you know what? And you're not going to enter into his eternal rest, his eternal place. 
Man, we've got to put our trust in Jesus, guys. In John 3, verse 3, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He's saying, open your eyes. See what I've got for you. Quit listening to your feelings and start listening to faith. Are you seeing the glory of God? Are you seeing the kingdom of God? Are you seeing what he has for you? Have you seen the glory? Because people that have cry out and they go, Lord, I'm ready to go home. Go ahead and take me. I don't really want to leave my family, but Lord, (laughs) I've seen the glory. (laughs) I've seen the kingdom. Oh, Lord, I'm ready. Take me home. But you got to have Jesus. If you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to receive him today. And I know I ask, raise your hand, and somebody asked me, why do you make them raise their hand? It's kind of embarrassing. It's not, I don't mean to embarrass anybody. I don't mean to put all this pressure on you. But let me tell you something. If you're shy and hiding your relationship with God, you're never going to make it. You won't make it. You don't have to get crazy and be, I'm a Christian. You don't praise the Lord. But people are like, I'm a Christian. You need Jesus. It's like, dude, if it turns me into that, I don't know. You know? But look, if you've never received Christ and you want to do that today, just raise your hand. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. That's me. Anyone here today? Anyone? Well, then you know what I want to do is pray with you. I want you to pray to re-up your life. To say, God, I need a good vision. I need a clear vision. I need a God vision. God, I want to live my life. I want to live 2022 through eyes of faith. Not through eyes of fear. Not through eyes of destruction, of indecision, of confusion, of division. But I want to be united with you and with one another. So would you bow your head? as you stand with me. And let's ask God to do something great in our life. Lord, we're starting a new year. For some of us, 2021 was a horrible, horrible year. Hardship, pain, loss of loved ones, loss of jobs and houses and vehicles. It's just been a tough year, God. But thank you that you're tougher. God, we kick off this new year, and here on the second day of the year, we find ourselves in the house of God saying, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I desire more and more of you. So God, I want to walk the way you want to have me walk. I want you to lead me for where you lead, I will follow. Father, anoint, bless, and prepare us for the glory you have set before us. I thank you, Lord, and I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I would love for you right now to follow me out into the mall because they're ready to get baptized. And I want you to cheer them on. I want you to celebrate what God is doing. Amen. So would you join me out there? Praise the Lord.
with us. Hope you'll do that with us. If you've never been to a baptism service, this is a glorious...